Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Today, our topic is around nonfiction titles that include visuals. In this case, we're going to be talking about how to convert a table into a description, some of the ways that you can approach that. So for the example that we're going to use today, we're going to use uh, this piece from Rene Zamora's book called Part-Time Sales Management. And he has several different charts and tables in his book. And so we wanted to um, approach this in a way that was going to work well for audio. We also wanted to use this opportunity to invite listeners to come visit him at his website and to learn more about what he does and to continue the conversation, to continue to engage with him. So let's take a look at one of the tables that was included in his book, Part-Time Sales Management. This is a table that the way that it looks, I'm going to give you a a general description, first of all. So he has the text and then uh, he references the following table. And then there's a title for the table. And then in this particular case, there are two columns and there are several rows. In column number one, there is a heading. There's a heading in each column. And then in column number one, the entries in each row, there is a statement in the first. And then in the second column, there are bulleted points that are related to that first one or that that statement in the first column. So this is what we're dealing with in this particular case. And in other episodes, we'll look at different kinds of charts and other visuals Uh, Other tables are often uh, very different from this as well, so we can take a look at some different kinds of examples. But this one gives us a good starting point. So the text leading into it goes like this. The following examples offer a generalized view of what I have witnessed in working with small businesses and their owners. In these examples, you will see how beliefs lead to behaviors, attitudes, and actions that can negatively affect the sales condition of a company. That was the lead-in text. What we added was we actually kept that first part and then added this statement. This list is also available for you at vipaudio.pub slash ptsales. Now, I'm going to give you a couple different possibilities of a way to read this table. The first is that you would read the headings each time and then work your way down through the rows, including each piece and helping to clarify what their relationship is. Because since you don't have the visual in front of you, it could be easy to lose track and to forget what the headings are. So in this particular case, 
The heading in column one is negative belief. The column in heading two is possible attitudes, actions, and behaviors. So one way to read this would be negative belief. Salespeople are lazy. Possible attitudes, actions, and behaviors. Micromanage your good reps away. Limit what you will ask of them. Keep expectations low. Become frustrated with any delays. Be suspicious of salespeople when they are out of the office. Reduce compensation or go to commission only. Resist hiring more salespeople. Negative belief. You can't trust what salespeople say. Possible attitudes, actions, and behaviors. Avoid communicating with salespeople. Argue with their requests. Fulfill what they ask but have a resentment attached. Don't hire salespeople. Resist hiring more salespeople. Negative belief. Salespeople need babysitting. So we just continue on in this way. So as you can see, I'm giving the heading, then I'm stating what's in that box. Then I give the next heading, and I give the related information. So that's one way to approach. If you have a lot of rows, then after you've done it for a few times, you might feel like you can stop doing the headings as long as you're really clear for several rows so that people are going to remember what those headings are. I would say at a bare minimum, you would want to include your headings for at least the first three rows. Now let's take a look at another more narrative way to deal with this. So again, leading in with the same paragraph, including this list is also available for you at, and you're the web link, you could then, instead of doing the headings and going across in a more bullet-pointed kind of way, you could treat it much more narratively, like this. One negative belief you might have is that salespeople are lazy. If this is something you believe, you might micromanage your good reps away or be suspicious of salespeople when they are out of the office, or you might become frustrated with any delays. If you believe you can't trust what salespeople say, you might avoid communicating with them, argue with their requests, or resist hiring more salespeople. If you think salespeople need babysitting, you may end up ignoring them, feeling that it's too draining to deal with them. Or you might try to do sales yourself. Forget about a team. So you see, by doing this in a more narrative way, it creates a much more, I think, pleasant narrative experience, a listening experience, and that is always something that we care very much about. Remember, your listener experience, the experience you are creating for them, is the most important thing overall to be conscious of and pay attention to. Let's take a short pause and we'll come back to talk about some generalities in terms of how to deal with these kinds of visuals in your audiobook. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working with authors who have a big goal in mind. They really want to reach out to their audience around the world. We're here to help make that happen. It starts with our pre-production process, where we're evaluating and determining what elements of the audiobook we can leverage to both create an excellent listener experience for your listeners, as well as drawing them to your website to engage with you further. 
It continues on through the production process, making decisions that will enhance and support your big goals, as well as creating a great listener experience. But we don't stop there. Once the audiobook is live, we move on to helping you market your audiobook with the Audiobook Marketing Program. Come check us out at ProAudioVoices.com. To schedule a call to talk about your audiobook project, click on Get Started. Okay, one of the first things you want to think about when you're determining how you're going to handle a table in your audiobook is what information are you trying to convey? And then think about what's the best way to convey it. Oftentimes, a table is really just reinforcing information that you've already provided in your audiobook, in your narrative text. And you may not even need to include it. And that's okay. You don't have to include every visual. In fact, the default behavior from most people in the audiobook industry, the um, narrators, the audiobook producers, are that if it's a visual, we're just going to omit it. And that's not always in your best interest and not necessarily, probably not, in the best interest of your listener. Are they going to miss out on some valuable information if you cut that table or chart out? And if they are, that's not really being very fair to them, and they may resent it if they learn that they would have gotten that information if they'd purchased in a different format. There's no reason to exclude it just because it's visual. It just means that there's going to need to be a little more attention, a little more work around that particular aspect of your audiobook. It's also having visuals is not a reason to not do an audiobook. That's also a misconception that is uh, often held. And so I just want to encourage you, if you have visuals in your book, don't let that stop you. They are actually an opportunity. Let's also just cover briefly a very different kind of table than what we did in before our break. And this is the kind of table that is a little more statistical. You may have a table with lots of numbers in it. Numbers can be very tricky because the mind can only hold so much. And so there you want to be looking at what is the message that you're trying to convey with those numbers? What's the story the numbers are telling? If you've already conveyed what that is in the narrative, then you may not need that particular table. If it's not conveyed, you may want to create a narrative that is going to be helpful to explain what you're trying to say with those numbers. For example, you may be trying to show that the trend, a particular trend of numbers and what that is, maybe they're doubling in some cases or tripling in others, or maybe there's just a general upward trend and how dramatic is that? So figure out what are you trying to say with the numbers, with the chart? Have you already said it in the text? And if not, how can you explain those numbers? And, and generally, it's about relationships, right? Or it may be, it may be just the, the sheer size of a number that is the noteworthy thing. Pick out 
what it is that you're trying to express, and then use that to figure out how you want to best express it. There really is going to be a lot of difference from one book to another in terms of how you treat a table based on the kind of information that is included within that table. So again, it's always going to come back to what is it that the table is trying to convey and how can you best express that. So obviously, if you put it in the book as a table, that must have seemed like the best way to express it in a visual context. What you're trying to do now is take that same information and you're going to ask yourself a different question. How do I take this same information and convey it best in an audio context? Often, using a more extended narrative is a really good choice. It's easier for your listener to absorb that information, to stay with you, to follow the ideas if you have created your narrative effectively. And if you feel like this is information that you're having a really hard time converting from a table or other visual into a narrative, then you may want to reach out and get some help with that. There are people who are just really good at converting visual images into a narrative. So if it doesn't feel like that's one of your superpowers, it's okay to reach out and get help from someone else. Keep in mind as well that whatever narrative you come up with, if you feel like the information is really best seen in a visual context, that is the perfect opportunity to create that added value for your listener, post it on your website, and let them access it there. Do your best to describe it or let them know, even if you feel like, no, it's just too much to describe, but it's fine for them if they don't have that information in this moment. That's also acceptable. Just make sure that you make it available to them. There is another thing that I want to bring up here. You may be aware that through Audible, you can sometimes get a PDF that is attached to your audio and that is an option through ACX, but I want to encourage you to think about this in a broader perspective. If you deliver the PDF with your audio, great, but now do they have any reason to come to your website to continue to follow you? Do they get to engage with you further as a result of going and getting this PDF? No, they don't. So in a sense, you're almost shooting yourself in the foot by making it as an attachment to an ACX file. And also, as we've talked about before, if you go through ACX, then you do not have access to the many, many, many other channels for distribution. You only get Audible and iTunes, and you're limited to that, to that audience. The other thing I want to say about that is if you have it as an attachment, you don't easily have a way to replace that if the information needs to be updated. And that's one of the great things about having this information that's in your, your table or your charts on your website and offering it there. Because when you have it on your website, you're able to update that information. We did a, a book many years ago 
called Naked in the Nursing Home by Harold Lustig. And he had many visuals that involved websites and and also percentages and things that were related to like retirement and healthcare and such. And these are statistics that are going to keep changing right over time. Well, rather than having his audiobook become obsolete as soon as those statistics shifted, and because also his greater goal was not just selling audiobooks, but was actually getting clients for his financial planning services, that it made most sense to have that information available on his website. That way he could keep it up to date and he would have people coming to the website to get that up-to-date information. And then they would also learn more about the services that he was providing. So essentially what I'm trying to do here is to help you keep in mind the big picture. Keep in mind what your goals are for your book, your audiobook. Keep in mind the listener experience and how can you invite your listener to continue that conversation with you, to continue to follow you and get more value that you have to offer. Hopefully this has been helpful to you. Again, if you need any help, please reach out to us at proaudiovoices.com. We're here to help and to help great stories come alive. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.